Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission Media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a program for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the program for those leading in the Church of Christ. I'm Andrew Cook and I'm pleased to have your company again. Christian Basics, the Bible's teaching about Christ's death and resurrection. We've spent quite a bit of time in recent programmes here on Serving Today, looking at the Bible's teaching about the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, and today we're going to turn our thoughts to his resurrection. These two aspects of the Lord's ministry, his death and resurrection, are like the two sides of a coin. You cannot have one without the other. We're going to begin by looking at what has, sadly, become an increasingly taught error which denies Jesus' literal bodily resurrection. With the help of Dr John Hall again, and when Derek French spoke with John for us, he asked him to tell us the kind of body Jesus had when he left the tomb. Yes, Derek, this is very important in that people deny that he died and some people deny that he literally and bodily rose from the dead. So the first thing we need to be clear about is that Jesus died. Jesus himself died, not a stand-in. He didn't swoon or become unconscious. He really died. And the finality of the death was indicated by the fact that he was buried in someone else's tomb. The same body that was laid in the tomb on the Friday evening, walked out of the tomb. It was a physical body which was in some way linked with the old body but was living and different but the tomb was empty. In other words, the same physical body that went in came out but was transformed. So the resurrection is a literal true event. He wasn't a ghost, wasn't his ideas living on, But his body, his physical body, was raised to life. Well, can I ask then what Bible verses can we look at to actually demonstrate that the resurrection was a a literal physical resurrection? Well, let's turn first of all, Derek, to Luke's account. And could you read for us, please, Luke 24, 1 to 8. And listener, if you've got a Bible, turn to Luke 24 yourself and follow the reading. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, he's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. So you see the picture. The body had hastily been put in the tomb, and at the insistence of the Jewish authorities, Pilate set a guard and told them to go and make the tomb secure. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting a guard. You can read about that in Matthew 27. As the burial procedures had been rushed and the Saturday was the Sabbath, 
Once that was over, early in the morning, the women took spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb to finish off the burial procedure. The large stone they found rolled away, and the body of the Lord Jesus had gone. And two men, angels, were there and said, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. And they reminded them how Jesus himself had told them that this would happen before he died. You can read that prediction, for instance, in, in Luke 9.22. The women returned and told the eleven who didn't believe. Peter goes to look for himself, and he saw the grave clothes, but no body. And then in Luke's story, on the road to Emmaus, two demoralized disciples meet with the risen Christ and then return excitedly to Jerusalem and to the other disciples. And they hear them say that it's true that the Lord had risen because he'd appeared to Simon Peter. And now we're going to take up Luke's account again. And Derek is going to read for us verse 36 to 48. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your mind? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. There we have it again. Jesus, the risen Jesus, at the beginning of that section, stood in their midst and he spoke with them. Peace be with you. What was their response? They were frightened. They thought they saw a ghost. Well, Jesus reassures them, shows them his hands and feet, and says, touch me and see, a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. That indicates that he had a real body. But they were still unsure. Resurrection is a, an impossibility, so they might have thought. Doesn't happen. So they were unsure. And so he asked them, for something to eat, and he ate some fish in front of them. He had a physical body. Ghosts don't eat. And then he reminds them that this resurrection is just what he said would happen, because it's in accordance with what Moses and the prophets and the Psalms had all predicted, what the Old Testament had all predicted. And very interestingly, he opened their minds so that they could understand the Scriptures, and we all need that in order to understand the truth that God wants us to see in Christ. And he said, this is what is written, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. You see again, both the death and resurrection of Christ was predicted in detail in the Old Testament, up to a thousand years before it actually happened. 
You can read Psalms like Psalm 16 and Psalm 22 and Isaiah 53 as examples of what Jesus is speaking about when he says that these things had been predicted in the Old Testament. Jesus then goes on in Luke's account to say that repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So he points backwards into the Old Testament and said, this has been fulfilled. And he points forward to say what's going to happen. Repentance and forgiveness of sins preached to all nations. And that did happen. And very interesting, listener, it's still been fulfilled in this radio program today, being beamed to many nations. Because we're still speaking of the risen Christ and the need for you to heed that and repent and find forgiveness. John, what other biblical evidence do we have that establishes the, well, the historical evidence of the resurrection? Yes, Derek. The other three Gospels, Matthew, Mark and John, all contain information concerning the resurrection. But Paul brings it all together in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 to 8. We've already looked at that in the introduction to the death of Christ. But let's read it again, as it's so important. And Derek's going to read to us now from 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 to 8. And Paul writes, Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. Four things to consider here. It was in accordance with the scriptures. He then outlines the fact of the death and resurrection. He points to the witnesses and finally to his personal experience. So let's look at these things in turn. The fact of the resurrection is built on the fact that it is according to the scriptures. It was as God's word had predicted. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. He then goes on secondly to deal with a historical fact. It actually happened. In our human history, Jesus died and was raised to life. That's phenomenal. All the decay reversed. Life re-entered that dead body and he walked from the tomb. Now, how do you establish truth in history? Well, you look for eyewitness accounts, people who have seen the events and who are able to testify to the truthfulness of those events. So Paul next deals with that, the witnesses of the fact of the resurrection. Peter, the twelve, five hundred of the brothers, most of whom were still living at the time Paul wrote this and so could well testify, still be witnesses to the fact that he'd been raised from the dead. And then there was James and all the apostles. 
And then fourthly, the final strand of evidence presented here is Paul's own personal testimony in verse 8. And last of all, he appeared to me also as one abnormally born. The risen Christ appeared for the last time until his second coming to the Apostle Paul as he was travelling on the road to Damascus. One other strand of evidence, Derek, is this. The effect on history of this event. As you look for eyewitness accounts, say in a, a car accident, you ask what happened. But you can also measure on the road the skid marks. And there are vast skid marks made all over human history by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The fact that there are Christians today scattered all over the world is one of the skid marks. You and I also, Derek, are evidence that the, the Lord Jesus Christ is risen and active because we have met with him or he has met with us mm -hmm. and has changed our lives and our destiny. And so, listener, be encouraged. This Lord Jesus lives and that challenges you to believe in him and to repent, to turn from your sins and to find new life in him. And there we must end our time together here on Serving Today. This is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May God be with you as you serve the risen Christ. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. There are a number of ways to get in touch. Our email address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk. Find us on Twitter at Serving Today GBM or you can search our web catalogue at www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio Thanks for listening and goodbye